Welcome to PwC's Tax Readiness Podcast Series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Readiness Webcast Series held on March 13, 2019, What Your Treasurers Really Need to Know About Tax Reform. The panelists for the webcast were Rebecca Lee, a principal in PwC's International Tax Services Group, Pat Brown, a principal in PwC's International Tax Policy Group, Marco Fiacadori, a principal in PwC's Transfer Pricing Group, and Robert Vetteretti, a Managing Director in PwC's Financial and Treasury Management Consulting Group. This excerpt consists of a discussion of key trends and growth agenda items, as well as an overview of the most important tax reform items for treasurers to consider. Have a listen. But we're really going to focus on what do your corporate treasurers need to know about tax reform, what's going to be relevant and actionable to them, and how do you identify the opportunities that tax reform presents in a way that's going to align with their strategic agendas. It's getting buy-in from Treasury to help us all get where we need to go. And Rob, I know you have passionate feelings on that topic. Yes, I definitely do, Rebecca. (laughs) Thanks very much. Um, So just to give people a little bit of context for the way a treasurer thinks about it, regardless of whether you're a Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 company, is there's a lot of things that Treasury is already thinking about because a lot of variables that are out in the market and or that are company specific that are occurring that the Treasury organization is trying to effectively respond to, right? So we all know that we have the objectives of minimizing our overall cost of capital, right? And raising debt and equity and utilizing that in a very efficient way across our organization. But with all the growth agenda items, whether it's organic growth, M&A activity, things that are the investor community is asking of us, there's a lot of very strategic items we are trying to, to balance, right? Um, likewise, the market itself is trying to do things to us at the same time and things like tax reform. And so, you know, with all those different variables that are occurring, we try to make sure we are following the right trends and we achieve our objectives, right? So our objectives very simply, again, it gets back to cost of capital and funding the efficient use of cash. We need to make sure we don't spend too much so our our internal cost structure matters and how much we're spending with banking partners and the like. And so, and there's a lot of underlying enablers that we need to leverage in order to do these things effectively. So every treasury organization has a number of different strategic agenda items. People may have three, five-year plans that these initiatives can take, some things are gonna take three to six months. Others take, like technology, will take two to three years. Or if you're swapping out your banking partners, Mm -hmm. that takes multiple years because I'm in 50 countries, I have a thousand bank accounts and 50 banks. Things take time. So as I think about tax reform from a treasury perspective, it's just one of the many things that I need to consider about items that I've already committed to the C-suite to actually achieve. So if this gets thrown into the mix, then I just have to figure out how much do I really care? And do I need to figure that out myself? Or is tax going to tell me what I actually care about? And a challenge I would put out for the tax folks participating, if you're reading that Treasury Trends list and either you don't know what some of those terms mean and or you don't know what your organization's strategy is around these items, you want to go find that out because they are going to either affect 
tax planning that you're considering or you're actually executing on. Or on the flip side, they may create opportunities that you can have tax as a tag along and create exponential opportunities out of them and not just the treasury savings or opportunity that's already envisioned. Right. No, exactly. And so, again, some of those things that are on the, the trends, again, there's a lot of items here. You know, I don't know any company that's going after all of these, um, but, and, and many of them are, are interrelated, right? So for a lot of U.S.-based corporates, things around in-house banking and all the components that go along with it is a massive exercise, mm -hmm. right? And we'll talk about some of those topics today and, and how I think from a treasury perspective, why, why we care about them. But then you have other things around emerging technology, right? Everyone's talking about artificial intelligence or RPA, robotics process automation, and blockchain. And so as a treasury organization, we're either being asked by IT or senior leadership. It's like, hey, are you making, you know, leveraging these opportunities and utilizing these tools to drive improvements and helping you achieve the objectives that we have set out for you? Right? So again, there's some very interesting things that are going on. And again, you know, when something like tax reform comes along, I'm only going to pay attention to the extent I have to. But what I don't know, because for me, I think, and for a lot of treasurers, is we know enough to be dangerous about tax. right? And it's related to, we're going we're gonna to go through a lot of information and only pick up those salient points that we think are going to matter to us. Right? So that whole partnership with tax is absolutely critical to make sure that we really understand not the downside, but the opportunities that present themselves. Because I frankly, I think there are a lot of opportunities that comes along with tax reform that Treasury may be leaving dollars on the table. So um, if I take a step back from a Treasury perspective, why do I care? Ultimately, I just think about it. What does it do to the cash flow profile of the organization? Right? On its surface, everyone talks about lower tax rates. To me, I just translate that into a lot more cash. Why do I care? Well, how does that affect my capital structure? Right? Mm -hmm. How does that affect the, where I actually use my capital and deploy my capital across the overall organization? And then everything cascades from there. Could be the FX risk profile, my interest rate risk profile, who I'm doing banking with. But at the most macro level, you know, I'm one of the few people in the organization that actually cares about cash flow and cares about the balance sheet. So as I think about tax reform, I'm going to start there, and I'm going to think about how those elements affect the objectives that I've established with my C-suite and my other business partners within the overall organization. So again, if I break it down, you know, some of these are more strategic items on here that other parts of the organization are going to potentially make changes. And if they do, I need to respond. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's fine, and I will do that, right, as a good corporate uh, citizen in the overall organization. But when I think about those direct items that are affecting me, that's where I need to get a balance of the tactical things that I, I changes I do need to make, as well as those items that are a little bit more you know, strategic. So Rob, one of the things that uh, you said there uh, as you were going through your list of priorities, I was really struck by, uh, from a treasurer's perspective, most of that stuff isn't about tax, right? And right. that's an obvious point from a treasurer's perspective. As tax people, you know, we spend most of our day talking to tax people. We think about tax, we talk about tax. I think it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that the rest of the organization at some meaningful level is paying attention to tax. I think what you're sort of pointing out is you have a lot of things to worry about from the treasury perspective. Yep. Tax is a very small part of the kinds of things that you have to think about 
there's a tax team that really needs to be engaging with you guys as the treasury function to make sure you're optimizing across these things with tax reform in mind. And I know from my own perspective, having been many years with a company, it is, again, easy to fall into that trap of thinking the knowledge that I have has somehow permeated throughout the organization about what's now the right thing to do, or that people will come and ask me questions, right. and they may not always do that. Yep, and, and a lot of times, I mean, again, I'm generalizing for a lot of the treasurers that are out there, but there's kind of two major things I think about when tax comes to my office, right? So number one is, it's like, okay, can I do what I really want to do, or are you tying my hands? Mm -hmm. and, and tying right. my hands could be one, it actually could be that the after-tax economics that I was hoping to have is going to be better or worse. So if it's tying the hands, I do, you know, it's, it's going to be worse. Or are you going to make me jump through more hoops, right? Because I have to comply with something, I have to get this signed off, or you're worried about you know, me having two people sitting in Luxembourg so I can actually have a Finco there or whatever it might be. But you know, that's the first right. thing. Like I rarely have conversations with my team and they say, did tax make your day better or worse? <laughs> How many times do they say better? Maybe, I, I'm not quite sure. See, and this is the opportunity because our ability now is to have conversations that actually do make the treasurer's day better. And there's a lot of these like closely held rules that people have abided by since 1986, like Absolutely. don't lend cash back to the U.S. unless tax says it's okay. Absolutely. That now are much more robust and interesting discussions. So I think we have the capacity to have these be good and opportunistic discussions. Um, I think it's on the tax folks, though, to make them effective discussions with clear guideposts and clear action items coming out of them. Now, for the two people in the audience who haven't been watching all of our other webcasts, I think we're going to spend just a couple of minutes as a refresher. And I hope, you know, for our non-tax folks participating, this gives you a good overall landscape of why it is that tax reform was so fundamental and the types of opportunities that it tees up for treasury functions. So, Marco, can you explain all of tax reform in, like, three minutes? Easy. So, and actually, we'll take a perspective of how to communicate effectively to treasurers and to the treasurer non-tax specialist department. So it's really breaking this down into six building blocks. One is the toll charge um, that really is one-time event has kept busy tax departments for a number of months and it will keep on some legacy work but effectively is really confined to that, to that one-time event. The other big change is the tax rate. Tax rate went from 35 statutory rate to 21%. Huge change, and to your point, a lot of cash, a lot of activity around optimizing back, having tuned down that rate to begin with. Other two building blocks with respect to the international aspects, GILTI and FDII. GILTI is truly effectively um, a, a way to reduce potential base erosion in the foreign jurisdictions and non-repatriation of earnings into the US by effectively imposing an inclusion in the U.S. For Treasury, it means that there will be income coming through into the U.S. available uh, for purposes of optimization and for taxation, in fact, in, in, our, in our context. Foreign derived deduction is a sort of an export um, type of benefit that arises in the U.S. for generating activity that effectively go outside of the U.S. in markets. Again, it's a benefit that allows, you know, incremental uh, deductions and therefore releases potentially some of the cash in the U.S. 
Um, then there are, there are other two building blocks. One is very specific to and very dear to the finance uh, departments, the interest um, limitations. And so the 30% EBITDA and then EBIT um, are imposing a constraint that was, you know, in effect, a different constraint in the past. And this is, again, for U.S. tax reform, we'll talk in, in, in a moment in, in foreign perspective. And then finally, beat uh, base erosion minimum tax. It's another measure here. Instead of looking at foreign, we're looking at U.S. base, and therefore it's protecting um, or limiting the amount of income that can be pushed out via intercompany transaction. And as a result, you're going to have now potentially more income, and so it's a little bit of a seesaw with respect to other incentives that are built into the uh, new regulations. And, then, and again, as a you know, treasury professional, I'm thinking through, okay, well, why do I care? What does this mean to me? And, and there's two kind of perspectives. One is I think about those one-time items, which is that one-time cash flow bit, and what am I going to do with that extra capital? Am I going to repurchase shares? Company wants me to redeploy it. Elsewhere, whoever's making the broad capital allocation decisions, maybe I'll weigh in whether I'm going to do something with the pension plan mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, so I think about the one-off ones, which is historically a lot of, you know, I do a dividend out of a subsidiary, you know, from abroad, and it's that one-off type of item. But then there's the other aspect that you, I think you touch upon, which is what are those day-to-day -day operational components that I need to think about, and which of these are true opportunities for me, as opposed to me following the rules that you've laid out for me, and so then we'll end up with more money or whatever it might be, but it'd be great to understand, so where's the upside for me? So how can I actually run my business on less cash? You know what I mean? And, and so that's the, as you're speaking, I'm trying to translate all of the, you know, the technical tax, you know, thank you for not using code, by the way, tax code. <laughs> um, and then uh, and translating that into, how's that gonna affect how it can add more value back to the company? Yeah, in terms of dimensions also, there is a narrower perspective, depending on the projects and depending on what is the tax department focusing on, there may be a transactional um, project, or there may be more holistic and sort of more fundamental operating model changes as a result of this large change with respect to the framework. So Treasury here probably is, um, you know, connecting with tax in two different ways at, at different speeds, at different uh, levels of depth and effectiveness in, in, in terms of actually the relevance with respect to transactional versus strategic um, tax sort of changes. And, and I think these new rules, fundamentally, if you step back and you try to tell us what is the picture that they're creating, there are some really interesting incentives created. There's some fairly strong incentives to bring back assets, particularly intangible assets, to the U.S., which means cash flows and a lot of them in the U.S., which is historically where a lot of multinationals have placed their leverage. Do I now need the debt load that I currently have in the market? Um, if not, how do I deploy that cash globally when it used to naturally resolve, reside outside of the U.S.? On the flip side, I now have some incentives, depending on if I'm a business that's very heavily leveraged, I have some incentives to delever a little bit. If I'm a business that has not been historically levered, perhaps that's not sort of moving the needle for me, but some of the other incentives are, and I'm changing my value chain. So I'm changing where those human beings are. Maybe I don't need those two human beings in Luxembourg anymore. Um, but maybe they've gotten very happy moving to, let's say, south of France or wherever. So, you know, there's all sorts of competing priorities. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like more information about this topic, 
please contact the speakers. Their contact information is in the description of this episode. Thank you. Thank you.